Welcome to Alzheimer's Speaks Radio. I'm your host, Lori LeBay, and I'm so excited that you're joining us today. We are going to have a fascinating conversation, as usual, as we learn from people all around the world at all ages and stages of life. Stay tuned as we shift our dementia care from crisis to comfort. Well, hi, everyone, and welcome to Alzheimer's Speaks Radio. I'm your host, Lori LeBay, and I am thrilled we are going to have a conversation about helping educate our children and supporting our families when a dementia diagnosis hits them. We will be talking with the founders of McKenzie Meets Alzheimer's Disease, uh, which I think was really going to be life-changing for a lot of families out there. And I think this will be a great support for our clinics and neurologists and psychologists as well uh, to help help support families. But before I introduce you to the founders, I always like to encourage people to go to alzheimerspeaks.com. That's kind of our mothership. When you go there, you'll find we have one whole section just dedicated to free educational resources things you can watch, things you can listen, things you can participate in, things you can download. So please go ahead and check that out. Also, I would encourage you while you're on the site to check out our book tab. There you'll find out about Betty the Bald Chicken, Lessons in How to Care, a children's book which really fans all generations and helps us learn to look at how we are feeling and how we are being dealt with and how we deal with ourselves when we don't fit in. There are um, great illustrations and just wonderful questions in there that can be used on a, on a one-on-one or an individual basis. And they can also be used in a, in a group conversation as well. And then of course, please visit Dementia Map, our global resource directory, which is growing every day. Not only does it have about 150 different categories you can search in the directory, but there are also events, blog articles, uh, terms that you don't know that you don't know until you don't know them, as well as the shop that we just launched kind of in a beta uh, that has some some basic things that most people are going to be interested in but don't even know exist. So please check out DementiaMap.com. So let's go ahead and introduce our guest today. I know you are going to be as excited about this conversation as I am. Well, ladies, I am so excited to have you join us today. I think this whole topic and the product that you guys have designed is just amazing. And I can't wait for you to share it with our audience. But first, I'm going to have each of you introduce yourselves because I think you can do a much better job than I. So uh, Alder, do you want to go ahead and start? Sure. I'm Alder Allensworth. And um, professionally, I'm a nurse, but I started my career as a music therapist, then became a licensed counselor in the state of Florida, where I live, and spent most of my career working in gerontology, and spent 12 years working with hospice. So did spend a lot of time working with families who had a family member with Alzheimer's, particularly at end of life. So it's been a topic that professionally has been near and dear to my heart for many years. And I have published some person, you know, a book. And actually, I have two books out published, plus our new third book. Uh, for children and Alzheimer's. Brenda, how about you? You want to introduce yourself? Sure. I'm Brenda Freed. I have a master's degree in music therapy and music education. I worked in nursing homes in the, in high school and also in college. So my experience with elderly is in those situations, as well as uh, doing a music therapy segment of my internship in a geriatric center. I have uh, 10 albums of mostly recorded music that I have published. And I also have a a line of effortless music instruction materials. 
So for the last 30 years, I've been teaching guitar, piano, and voice and performing as a mus musician. I pioneered the music therapy program at the University of Iowa Hospitals and Clinics in the 80s, where I worked with uh, chemically dependent patients, adult psych, child psych, and all patients throughout General Hospital, including those with Alzheimer's and children. So my experience is with children on up teaching. I, I've taught guitar, piano, and voice to people from four years old up to 84 years old. Uh, Alder and I got together on this project uh, because we've always wanted to do a project together since the 80s when we met as music therapy interns. And uh, this just seemed like a really good fit. Wonderful. Well, I always start out asking everybody if they've been personally touched in, uh, by dementia in their own family or circle of friends. And so, Alder, can you share with us? Yeah, my mom had Alzheimer's and it was an eight-year course. My father was the main caregiver and then I supported him. And as it progressed, I lived in Tampa, Florida, and they lived up outside of Gainesville, Florida, and it got to be where I was going up every weekend to help my dad take care of her, and then I ended up moving them close to me, and at the end of her life, we moved her into our home and took care of her through the end of life and with my husband and I, and my dad was there too. My dad then later on had some strokes and he had vascular dementia and we took care of him through end of life. So that's been my personal experience. Wow. Thank you. Brenda, how about you? My personal experience is very recent. And that is that my dad got COVID induced dementia. He was a very fun high functioning 95 year old man and he got COVID pre-vaccine while living in assisted living. And uh, it was about a five and a half week course that just sent him into full dementia. And we lost him. Oh, and so that was my, that's my most personal experience with it. Okay, great. Thank you. Well, let's talk about Mackenzie meets Alzheimer's disease, which again, to our audience, it's a picture book for children. And it's all about raising awareness um, to children and, and their families, you know, getting people comfortable uh, with this journey. So Elder, you want to tell us how, how things started? Sure. As I mentioned, my mom had Alzheimer's and the grandchildren would come and visit every summer. And they started seeing changes in her behavior. And one particular grandchild, she was very close to Olivia, about seven years old, when she came to visit, she was drawing these monsters to help her cope with things in life, such as storms. She'd draw a thunder monster or she'd draw a homework monster. Well, she was sharing these fun monsters with my mom. And the next day, the monsters were gone, just disappeared. And Olivia panicked and accused my mom of stealing them. Well, we did find the monsters up in my mother's laundry basket. So mom, and we had to explain to Olivia that she didn't take them on purpose. She just saw this box and didn't know where it belonged and put it away. And we had to explain the disease to Olivia and not to take these things personally and work on kind of repairing that relationship to the best of our ability. This, I started researching resources to help young children understand Alzheimer's and very, very few resources out there at the time. This was back in the early 2000s. And the few books that were out really focused on memory loss. And as we know, Alzheimer's is much more than just memory loss. And I thought, you know, with all my training as a therapist, a music therapist and a nurse, I pulled together some of those tools to help the grandkids 
have a wonderful interaction with mom. And I thought, I've got to put this down on paper. And I wanted to add these resources to the market. And that's about the time that Brenda jumped on board and we combined our skills and started working on this project. Right. And I, too, have had a place in my heart for older people by my experience of working in nursing homes. And also, I had four two-woman shows uh, that we took to nursing homes and, and residential care centers, care communities, and performed over a period of 10 years. Then, after that, my husband and I have a duo called Him and Her, so we would perform in facilities, uh, care communities as well. So I have had a lot of witness to music waking people up. People, the staff would come to us and say, oh, wow, that person hasn't responded like that for a long time. And uh, so, you know, I had that interest there. Um, And the project was going to require music and recording skills. And I also had the recording studio in which to do the recording. So uh, because Alder and I had been talking about collaborating since we met in the 80s, when she presented this project to me, it just seemed like a really good fit and a good time for a collaboration. Oh, how fun. That, that is fun when you've known somebody that long and then it finally comes together, you know, it just uh, what a, I can't imagine the spark of energy. <laughs> you know, in it was nice. We had dabbled in other things, but this one was, yeah, let's do it. Mm -hmm. Very cool. So, you know, Brenda, what's the purpose behind the program? I mean, Alder has said, you know, she wanted to educate her her grandchildren, and then you're expanding that that base. But can you dive a little deeper into that? Sure. We call the program the McKenzie Meets Alzheimer's Awareness Program, MMAAP. So it's like a map that equips children and their families with a toolkit of information, tips and activities that will help them, you know, from diagnosis through the severe stage. Uh, We show families how to incorporate children into the care and help them understand the loved one who has the disease. And the program is understandable by children, yet informative for adults. It's multicultural, multimedia, It's concise yet comprehensive, which I think is important because caretakers get overwhelmed. Plus, children and many adults now have short attention spans, so our videos are concise. And the program is accessible from anywhere that has the Internet. It's all inclusive because we have a version that will help people with hearing impairments because it is an audio program it serves those who are also visually impaired. Wow, that's fantastic. So in terms of cultural diversity, can you talk a little bit more about that? We made the program uh, represent a mixed family so that skin color is reflected. And just we wanted everybody to be able to look at the videos and see themselves in there somewhere. So that's why we we did it that way. Okay. Because Alzheimer's affects everyone. Yeah, no one's excluded. No 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 barriers on that one for sure. And then in terms of multimedia, can you define your types of multimedia that you use? We're using the music and video. Then in our picture book, we uh have left spare pages in the end for art because we've done a um i can't think of the word a pilot thank you pilot Mm -hmm. and learned that children love to draw their own monsters because the the story is centered around uh mackenzie having drawing monsters from the real life story that alder just told Okay, wonderful. And and Alder, you know, why do you feel that this is such an important venue that you've, you know, opened the doors to? Well, as we were looking, the Alzheimer's Association said there's 2.5 million people in sandwich generation caregivers. And a lot of those sandwich generation caregivers and a sandwich generation caregiver is someone who is caring for a person 
with Alzheimer's or dementia, an elder person, and caring for children at the same time. Um, I had a beautiful example. I do a lot of home care nursing now. And I was in a home where there was a single mom who was caring for her father who had dementia. And a family friend was being said that this per, the family friend could not go back home who had been in the hospital because that person had dementia. So she brought that person into her own home. So she has two people with dementia, single mom, and two children. And she was handling it so beautifully. It was so fun to watch the kids and the elders playing together and doing things together and working with them on continuing to maintain a home with that intergenerational relationship. And more and more people are choosing to bring someone with Alzheimer's or any kind of dementia into their home, healthcare, nursing homes, facilities, memory care, it's incredibly expensive and not everyone can afford it. And a lot of times people try and do it themselves at home because of that. And if we can give them the tools to do that and help them integrate that person into their home, then I think that that's just a wonderful benefit of the program. We have succeeded. I think that that is absolutely beautiful. I think it's important for kids to understand that people get sick mm-hmm. and people need support and not everything can be fixed. And mm-hmm. I think it's absolutely critical that they are allowed the the creativity and the ability to engage. Um, they are such bright lights and you know they don't see a lot of the deficits that we see. They don't see the loss. They still see someone to play with and and they're very adaptive uh, in in their thinking of how do we make that work? How do we still get to play? Uh, I remember my five-year-old daughter playing with my mom and in coloring and walking into the room one day and they both held up their pictures and you couldn't tell who was prouder, you know, of their artwork. It just melted my heart, you know, and Mm -hmm. my daughter only knew her grandma with dementia, uh, but they were so close and had such a fantastic relationship. And it, it teaches kids empathy and compassion and teamwork. And, you know, a lot of that's missing in society today. Exactly. And I think it's raising its ugly head. So I, I don't know if you have reached out to the Biden administration for all the funds that are out there for caregiving, but I think this is something that um, needs to be looked at seriously. So many of the, um, the offerings went away. You know, there's not very much respite or adult day anymore. Uh, Training has cut back significantly in many fashions. And something like this could be great for all families, if they're living with dementia or not, just be educated on it because it's applicable to, to all different types of situations that families run across. And it pulls us together on an intergenerational basis. And I I just think that is so vitally important instead of us, you know, we've gotten all boxed in by labels, the, the millennials, the Gen Xers that, you know, what the old and crusties, whatever they want to call us, you know, it's just like, you know, where it's, they only want to be with my people. And it's like, we are all everybody's people. We are so much better as a community working together. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that is so very well said. Thank you. Very well said, Lori. Well, it's, uh, like I said, I think it's a critical aspect. I think, you know, schools need to teach more of this stuff uh, Mm -hmm. because the schools have gotten so divisive and so much bullying and there's, there's not compassion. uh, There's not help. It's putting somebody down to lift yourself up these days. And that's not, that's not cutting it big, big picture wise. I don't think at all. Um, if you are just tuning in, we are talking with Elder Allensworth and Brenda Freed, who are the authors of Mackenzie Meets Alzheimer's, which is a picture book for 
children, but also a full-blown program that you can implement in your household. And next, we're going to be learning more about some of the components of that. But, uh, you know, like I said, if you just start tuning in, you're going to want to rewind and kind of hear the setup and you're going to feel their, their hearts and souls of why this is such a passion project and why it's so important. And uh, not only for them, but for you and your neighbors and your family members as well. You can visit their website, MackenzieMeetsAlzheimer's.com. They're also on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. And of course, you can email them at MackenzieMeetsAlzheimer's at Gmail. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-494-8310. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in... Anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-494-8310. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-494-8310. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. So let's continue here. Brenda, let's talk about some of these components, um, including your new children's book. I'm really excited to hear in more detail um, what you have to offer. Okay. First, I want to talk about the video series. And just for your listeners, so they know, we spell Mackenzie, M-A-C-K-E-N-Z-I-E. So the Mackenzie Meets Alzheimer's Disease educational video series consists of five videos. What is Alzheimer's disease? Mild stage Alzheimer's disease, moderate stage Alzheimer's disease, severe stage Alzheimer's disease, and coping with Alzheimer's disease for the responsible adult with children. The first four that I mentioned, the what is Alzheimer's mild, moderate, and severe stage videos are all intended to help children understand what the disease is, what the behaviors are in each stage, and what activities can be done to help create positive memories with that person. We want to encourage families to interact with each other and um, understand each other and then do fun things together to create positive memories during a really difficult time sometimes. So the what is Alzheimer's disease is only like six and a half minutes long. The mild stage Alzheimer's disease is about nine and a half minutes long. The moderate stage, which is the longest stage of the disease, is 11 minutes. And the severe stage is seven minutes. I think the times of the videos are important to mention because when we talk about, you know, uh, using our program, it's not a big, huge time commitment the videos are very comprehensive yet concise. So one can watch one of these videos and gain a lot. And they're informative for adults as well as being meaningful to children. The coping with Alzheimer's disease for the responsible adult video is the longer video. It's like 26 minutes. It's meant for adults. Uh, It goes through many things, almost everything that's in the other or videos, and we would like parents or responsible adults to watch this video first because then they get an overview. And also in that video, we talk specifically about how to incorporate children into the care of the person with Alzheimer's, how to uh, set up the environment. And so it's it's meant for the adults to, to know what to do with their children. And so that's the video series. Then we have the Mackenzie Meets Alzheimer's Disease story song. The song was one of the first things that we did. We wrote this song that describes the relationship of Mackenzie with her grandmother. And they have all these fun things they like to do. 
and they're just they're described in the song then she learns but now gran has alzheimer's and dad says that to expect you know one thing or another like she might not remember me or she might get angry or she might put things in strange places she might leave the stove on we think of this story song as the perfect introduction to, the, to alzheimer's disease for children we had the song animated so it's like watching a six minute cartoon for young children and again it really is a the perfect introduction then we came up with the the idea of well what about hearing impaired we want them to be able to enjoy it as well so we created a lyric video for the animated video so it's good for early readers and hearing impaired we then created our last creation is the mackenzie meets alzheimer's disease picture book the picture book uses the lyrics for the song as the text and comes with a download link to download the story song. So families can read the book, they can listen to the song and go through the book. They might want to sing the song as they go through the book. It just gives a lot of different options to keep children interested in the book. Then we recently have added the the option for the curious adult that I'll let Alder talk about. Okay, I'm just going to comment on on this first. Um, one I, when I when I think of the song, I think, oh, maybe it'll be the next Barney song, you know, with the, <laughs> and how kids, you know, they just pick it up and they go with it. Um, they understand the words. They uh, sometimes and and sometimes not in terms of what it means, but the lyric and the flow and over time, even if they don't understand the full meaning initially, it catches on uh, with what that is. And it's just uplifting and educational at the same time, which is very cool. Um, the, the video series I really like now, is that a DVD or is that a downloadable for the videos? It's available. It's available on our website mm -hmm. and it's, through Kajabi. So mm -hmm. if when the person buys a program, yes, the videos are downloadable. Okay. There is the the picture book is the only actual physical thing we have in the program, except I forgot to mention we have the quick reference guide. So when one buys the program, they are, you know, have the option to download this quick reference guide, which is basically an outline of what's in all the videos. And we did that because let's say a person's going to go visit Gran and they, she's in the moderate stage. We wanted people to be able to have the main information at their fingertips. So it does come with this quick reference guide. And uh, yeah, the videos are digital. It's a digital program, except okay. for the picture book. And once one gets the program, the download of the quick reference guide. Okay, great. Um, Elder, how, how do you see families using the program and the book overall? Well, we really recommend that the adults start with watching Coping with Alzheimer's Disease for the Responsible Adult with Children and watch that first. And one of the things that we talk about in that video is not just the behaviors of the person with Alzheimer's, we talk about how a kid views disease from an early age. Because sometimes we as adults feel, forget that children see things a little bit differently than we do. And sometimes children, if an adult is upset or whatever, sometimes children will take that responsibility onto themselves saying, oh my gosh, it's my fault. Well, it's not the child's fault. And it's just really important for adults to get a bit of a feel for what looking for what a child sees when they look at a person with dementia or Alzheimer's and how to talk to them about it. And maybe we're going to say this, but I think the other thing that parents forget is that sometimes they will see that we are triggered 
and they will step in to help. Yeah. And, you know, so there's that two sides. There's that one where they feel guilty and feel bad. And I did this. But then I always hear this other side where kids are seeing more than what the adult is seeing uh, sometimes. And they'll step in and go, I can I can do that, mom. Let me let me help with that. And it, it diffuses some of the tension. And that's so true. And that's so beautiful because a child is so honest. (laughs) And a lot of times, as you say, they can diffuse a situation or they can start to play or they use their imagination in ways that we kind of have forgotten to use our imaginations as adults. And being responsible, we're so overwhelmed that sometimes the child is not feeling that overwhelmed and can jump in. And we do talk about how you incorporate children into the relationship, into the caregiving, and in our video series and in the coping, we talk about when a child should get a responsible adult to help. Because there's definitely times that like if the person needs to go to the bathroom or if they've had a period of incontinence, a child doesn't need to be part of that. Or if the person with Alzheimer's is trying to get out of the house and go wander. And here's this grandparent authority figure that this child is used to telling them to open the door. Mm-hmm. And they would normally obey that person. So you have to educate the child. If grandpa asks you to open the door and let them out, please don't do that. Come and get me. So it's such a safety issue. The same thing with wandering and getting lost. A child really shouldn't go on a car drive or that type of thing with somebody with Alzheimer's or dementia. So giving a child some of those safety guidelines of when to come and get you as a responsible adult for help is really important. Oh, those are very, very important things. And and a lot of times they're overlooked until the situation has happened. And then, and then you're back paddling and everybody feels bad and you know, mm-hmm. it's the blame game and the guilt, and you want to avoid those situations and, and keep sa- safety first. Um, do you guys see this? I mean, I, I just see that this would be a perfect curriculum for schools. Oh, to yes. Be, to be absolutely. We, um, we think it would be the standard. Mm-hmm. We can brag ourselves. We just have put so much time and effort into this. Because schools in their health classes, and we did pilot this in a school, and it was an elementary school, and it was done by a woman who did some of the illustrations for us. And she was substitute teaching in a school that served a lot of Native American children. And those that population tends to have a certain amount of dementia. Well, when she read the book to these children, they all could relate that they had someone in their lives that acted like this. And then they all got out paper and they wanted to draw their own monsters. So they incorporated into the art part of the class too. And the monsters were just beautiful of what the children drew. And it really increased their awareness of what was going on in the home and how to make it positive. I love that. I, you know, I, I see this in schools. I see this in, you know, doctor's offices should be giving this out to families and, and not just if the daughter comes because she's a sandwich generation person, but to every family, because kids, kids are involved or kids could be involved at all different levels. And, um, and then libraries, you know, we have so many dementia friendly libraries, this would be absolutely incredible uh, for this to be a resource. It's just to me, it's about getting the not being afraid of the conversation. And you guys have done this in such a, a brilliant fashion, using the multimedia, using the creativity, 
um, and and pulling in families in all generations, you know, into the loop. Do you have or have you ever considered um, having kids um, do their artwork of their monsters and then sending it into you and posting it on your website? I think that would be just fabulous. That would be so fun. To have a section where you just, you know, they send it to you, you make it a JPEG and you plop it up and just all of these experiences. Um, And I think by doing something like that, too, it could expand and show the involvement. You know, um, you get a whole classroom of of pictures. I mean, it's just a cool thing for the kids Mm -hmm. to be involved in or family members to be involved in. And it shows the the power of the engagement of the child, you know, that's a great idea. Yeah. I love that. You know, you were mentioning schools and libraries. The other area that we are in conversation with corporation right now, because a lot of employees are in that sandwich generation They're trying to take care of the person with Alzheimer's or dementia. They're taking care of their children and they're having to work full time. So we've been working with talking to a corporation about incorporating that as a resource for those employees to give them some support in the home too. Oh, that would be fantastic. I know I've done some education for more junior high and senior high but I love starting out, you know, earlier on, you know, with this journey. But I think the kids need support throughout uh, school. You know, what I found with the older kids is they really wanted a support group. They didn't, you know, they're, they're like, there's a support group for this and there's a support group for that. But there's not one for this because no one's talking about it. And typically in just about every class that I would teach, Um, I would say three quarters of the students were dealing with this and and many of them gave up sports or other activities because they had to be home to, if it was watch an aunt or an uncle or a parent or a neighbor, um, you know, but they, they had that responsible designated time. And and that was shocking to me that there were that many kids caring and not everybody was dementia specific, but there's so many overlaps in mm-hmm. terms of care and structure and how you manage life. And I, I also really liked when you were talking about um, being able to talk to the kids about the structure of the family, you know, and how that changes because so often they feel the hierarchy and the structure of the family has changed and they think they did something wrong that they're not a priority anymore. And parents are working so hard at having their kids think that they're still a priority, but they feel the tension. They feel that their parents are overworked and, and exhausted and maybe a little more snappy than they used to be and not quite as much time as they used to have for them. They feel all that stuff. They see all that stuff. And so being able to talk about that and pulling them into the equation, I think helps fill some of that gap too, where Mm -hmm. instead of them just feeling like an outsider, now they're part of the team. And, you know, to me, I mean, I'm 64. I grew up, you know, family was a team. You know, you worked at things together. And yet when it came to illness, a lot of times, you know, it's not, that's not for you to worry about. And by telling kids that they're, you know, I know we're trying to protect them, but I think we're really doing a disjustice by telling them that they can't be part because like you said, they see things we don't see. They have different approaches. And even when they come in um, to help, you know, maybe it's a redirection that the kids do because they're just going to go play, you know, let's just go play. And sometimes as adults, we're not good at redirecting, Mm -hmm. you know, or we get tired of reminiscing and Mm -hmm. kids can bring out a whole nother, another piece to that. So I think that's absolutely, absolutely beautiful. Um, Our program is designed in with the younger children in mind Mm -hmm. 
And if we feel like we can even reach toddlers, toddlers oh, absolutely. know what's going on. And in our book, you know, toddlers can go through this and sit with their loved one and look at the pictures or their loved one can read it and who has dementia and they can work on reading it together. So it's almost like they're doing their homework at the same time. Not that toddler, but a lot of little ones start learning to read early. Yep. And as I just to mention, if you do buy our book, you get a free download of the song. And we have a 50% coupon off of the whole program in the book. Oh, fantastic. That's available. Um, and it's just so many different activities they could do with the book, singing along with the song, looking at the words, listening to it. So with the song and with the book, it's just can occupy them for quite a while. And the, that wonderful, responsible adult can go take a breather. Yep, right. <laughs> exactly. Maybe draw pictures in the end. Yeah. So it's just. It's a great way to open up the conversation about a disease. Yeah, for sure. Well, and it's, you know, it's, it opens up a conversation about a disease, but to me, it's even more important. It's opening up the conversation about relationships and how Mm -hmm. we care for one another. And I think so often we are so um, focused on the disease that we forget about the relationships And I mean, the relationships are the things that keep us moving, you know, it it keeps us active, it makes us feel purposeful, like we belong, they make us feel safe, you know, or they can make us feel really uncomfortable. And so having these conversations to make everyone comfortable and safe, and again, it's not going to work all the time, because dementia is kind of a trial and error, and things are, there's a lot of moving parts there. But it also teaches us spontaneity, it teaches us creativity, Um, it teaches us um, multiple ways to communicate, you know, everything isn't just words. And I think as adults, sometimes as silly as it sounds, we focus on the words, and we forget about all the nonverbals. And, and yet, the nonverbals are three quarters of our communication. And so, you know, teaching that to our children and allowing the person with dementia to participate, because they're still pretty much in whatever stage they're in, they still can read our nonverbals. They just can't always respond. And we forget about that, too. So I think that relationship piece is so critically important, what you're teaching. One of the things we talk about in the middle stage video is the child can be a sleuth. So when their grandparent or their loved one, whatever that relationship is, is maybe repeating the same thing over and over again or asking the same question over and over again, maybe they can figure out what they're really asking or what they're really needing. Because sometimes the child can use their imagination and really hit the nail on the head. As you were talking about, they pay attention to all those nonverbals and their radars are up just like the person with dementia's radars are up. And it's just wonderful that a child can kind of engage in that and say, hey, mom, what? I think we're hungry. We want a snack, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Oh, that's what's going on. Okay. And then... Actually, in our we've got a um, little freebie on foods, snack foods, healthy snack foods that a person with Alzheimer's and a child can fix together in the kitchen. Oh, I love that. You know, so, your, uh-huh. oh, go, ahead. go ahead. Yeah, so we can get them to engage because a lot of times a person with dementia gets to where They forget how to use a fork or a knife. So a finger food is really an advantage and kids love finger foods. So those are our recipes in that little handout. Oh, that's wonderful. When you were talking about being a sleuth, I'm like, oh my gosh, you guys should have um, 
a little shop with t-shirts and investigative hats <laughs> with McKenzie <laughs> and stuff. Uh, that would be, because uh, I think, I think a lot of grandparents would, would purchase the whole package you know, for their, for their kids. And then it gets them into physical character, you know, for yeah. that as well, because they, they love to dress up and, and play, you know, in that younger age and stuff. So that could be kind of a cool cool little add-on for you as well with that Um, my neighbor where is it help me make an agape monster (laughs) which is our song agape agape which is a word for universal love and that's where that word is used in our song that love is the most important thing and my neighbor helped me make a stuffed agape monster Oh, cool. I was going to oh. ask you about that. And, <laughs> yeah. and if that was something that you sold or, or not too. Well, we haven't started marketing yet. I don't think um, my neighbor and I could do that very um, cost effectively, <laughs> but we could look into having that made. And I did it particularly to go to libraries when our book came out and take the monster with me. Mm-hmm. And I have little stickers of the monsters that people, you know, kids can put on themselves. Oh, they love stickers. They love the stickers. That's for sure. That's pretty fun. Oh, neat. You know, the other thing I was just thinking of, you know, I was thinking, you know, of the doctor's offices and I was thinking for like the neurologists and stuff, Mm -hmm. but it would be really cool for the pediatricians to have to know that this is available, Mm -hmm. you know, for families as well. Yeah, great. That might be possibilities another. are endless. They really, <laughs> yeah. they really are. They really are. Um, well, let's talk. Um, well, let's talk about the the new program that you've got for the curious adults. Brenda, do you want to talk about that? We yeah. just put this package together mm-hmm. like yesterday, <laughs> <laughs> and what it is is a person can get the program without having to buy the responsible adult video, the 26-minute one. So, you know, for a lesser cost, they can just buy the educational videos. If they're, you know, interested in their own brain health, it will help them, you know, know what the signs are and maybe increase their own awareness or the, the awareness of a friend. So that is why we just created that option and called it for the curious adult. The person who's, you know, interested in knowing more about their own brain health. Okay. Um, I, I kind of wanted to go back a little bit to, we talked about, you know, focusing on the toddlers, but a good place to start with the program for like seven and eight year olds is with the animated video. If they're used to watching cartoons, mm-hmm. you know, then that might be a good place to start with them. So I just wanted to to mention that, and um, especially if you have beginning readers, the lyric video is a good place to start. It sounds so, like there's so many levels that you can hit and and customize. You know, knowing your own your own children or grandchildren um, or students, you know, whoever it might be, uh, to really engage and and test it out. You know, because and they like variety, so you know that's cool too. Yeah. Yeah, it, the program is actually a progression. It's a progression from age groups and also, uh, you know, in information. Because once the child has been introduced through either the video, the picture book, or the song, uh, then they might be ready for the six-minute video where we explain just the steps in going to get a glass of milk. All those steps of I first deciding, what do I want to drink? Oh, how do I get a glass of milk? I need to go to the cupboard. I need to get a cup. And then what do I do with the cup? Well, I need to go over to the refrigerator. Where is the refrigerator? Go to the refrigerator, have to get the milk out of the refrigerator. Okay, now what do I do with it? You know, there are so many steps in just that simple act of satisfying thirst. And we, we explain it in terms of with a person who has Alzheimer's, at each of those steps, there could be a disconnect and the person forgets where they are, what they're going to do. So and that's that, why the milk is on the counter and they're back exactly. in the living room. 
Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Mm-hmm. So we use that concrete example, you know, of all the disconnects that can happen in the brain just by trying to get a glass of milk. And then we, uh, you know, in, in the, we, there are many stages that are, you know, in some literature just describing Alzheimer's, but we break it down to just the mild, moderate, and severe stage to keep it simple for children. And um, when they watch the mild stage, they'll learn those behaviors and then things they can do. And they'll learn that a lot of things that the person always did, they can still do in the mild stage. So the diagnosis doesn't mean, oh, they can't do anything they used to do anymore, you know? Or they might have to to modify some things. Like if they're used to, for example, playing chess, they might be playing checkers now. Um, and then the moderate stage video, we, we, we encourage people in the mild stage video, we encourage people to watch the what is Alzheimer's video first because they build on each other. When the person is in the moderate stage, when they watch the moderate stage, we encourage people to go back and watch the what is Alzheimer's and the mild stage Alzheimer's disease video. It's not mandatory, but we encourage them to get the whole scope of the disease. Now, if a person is in the severe stage, perhaps it's it's just fine for them just to watch the severe stage video and learn how to be compassionate and loving towards someone in that stage. So we made the videos build on each other. Um, And the person can, you know, parents can download the quick reference guide, as I mentioned earlier, and have the information of all the videos at their fingertips. So I just kind of wanted to pick up on that, the various uses of the the program. Wonderful. Well, we've covered a lot, and this is so exciting. Go ahead, Alder. I just wanted to add something real quick about the curious adult. Part of how that came about was a friend of Brenda's who doesn't have children or grandchildren, who's elderly and married, was curious about dementia and bought the program so she could learn Mm -hmm. about it. And then we recently had somebody else ask about it. So that was why we decided we needed to do this, because there's a lot of adults out there that want to know and learn. And we just really break it down into pretty simple steps that people can digest. Okay. And they find it very beneficial. Oh, definitely. And there's so many people that are that are curious because this is becoming a more common conversation and people yeah. want to know, you know, more, more than what they once did on this. Mm-hmm. Um, I am just so impressed with all you've put in this package and, you know, the detail, the, the use of multimedia, the um, different levels of engagement um, and how you've been, you know, so conscious of, of being, inclusive in terms of who and how people can utilize this package uh, of, of information that you've put together. I mean, it's just really, really something I, I just uh, wish you the most success in the world. Is there anything that we haven't covered so far, Brenda, that you'd like to add? I just want to add that, you know, the possibilities really are endless and we do see it as being a standard in schools, scouts, community groups, health curriculums. Um, we, we think that the, the quick reference guide could be used by scout leaders, teachers as a, you know, a guide for the program. Mm-hmm. And then also in care communities, you know, we would love to have our program on their portal. So a family comes in to visit their loved one and maybe they're newly diagnosed. They can sit down and watch the six minute what is Alzheimer's video. And they might even want to watch the mild one for uh, I think it's nine minutes uh, just to get an overview of of what their love, what to expect from their loved one and also get concrete ideas on what they can do with their loved one in that time period, just in that visit to create a positive memory um, and, and have successful interaction. 
So we, you know, we really want the program to get to those families who are caring for loved ones in their home. And uh, it will, the program talks about how to prepare your home to have the loved one in it and, and uh, to provide care there. And also just um, incorporating informa information from the program it improves the overall quality of life and creates more joy and positive memories for everyone in the family, including the person who has the disease, dementia, any type of dementia or Alzheimer's. Okay, great. Um, Alder, anything else you want to add? Yeah, I just want to say thank you for all of your support in in this process and for the opportunities that you've given us. And we are on your Dementia Map website, and there is a 25% off coupon if people want to go to Dementia Map to purchase the program. They can purchase it for 25% off on Dementia Map, which just has so many fantastic resources for people going through Alzheimer's, dementia, and their families. I echo that gratitude. Thank you so much. Well, you know, I thought of another group you guys should hit up. The Girl Scouts and Boy Scouts, you should get a McKenzie badge. For oh. That. <laughs> oh, that's a great. Yeah, because a lot of them, you know, I, I have uh, granddaughters now that are in Girl Scouts and Brownies, and there's, I think, Bluebirds are still out there and things. But I've had a lot of kids in Scouts do projects regarding this. Um, one Boy Scout did a um, freshwater fish tank. He he raised ten thousand dollars to and he built it with a, a master carpenter who was living in an assisted living, and wow. then he he worked with a mentor who owned a freshwater fish uh, store, and then he gave the tank away to a community and stuff. Wow. So there's some really I had a Girl Scout who. Uh, she was not touched by dementia, but her friend was. And so they made up a, a kind of a remembrance book. So of mm -hmm. questions where they could go in and, and gather legacy and things like that. So I think there's interest there. And I've had many, uh, many people reach out to me too, just uh, students of all ages doing this for a project in school. So I think that could help boost things there. So letting even counselors know in the school systems as well. The tricky thing is how to make it available, you know, to a, like a scout, like would the scout master, I mean, this probably isn't going to be part of your interview, but, you know, would the scout master buy the program and then show it to all the people, you know, how does that work? That's what we're trying to work out. Um, mm -hmm. Like with the care communities, we are thinking of, a fixed figure. So those those are the the details of how to work that out to get it to the groups. The details are tricky. Well, and you know, you never know. Maybe some of the businesses you're talking with will will um, go ahead and sponsor something like that. That would be good PR for them. Now that's a great idea. <laughs> oh. <laughs> you know? So uh, there's it's just kind of endless. So, or I think of yeah. even even banks might be interested in this because they run into these situations all the time. Or elder law attorneys mm -hmm. uh, would be other ones. Financial planners. Uh, this could this could be a nice gift that they give their client. So mm -hmm. yeah, it's, wow. it's it's absolutely endless. So. Again, you know, please check out Mackenzie Meets Alzheimer's. I just, I can't say enough good things. I would love each and every one of you to be a giver of hope and like and click and share this episode. This is a powerful episode. Just think of the people that this could help and the ripple effect. I mean, I think going back to kids, kids were the ones that got us to wear our seatbelts and got a lot of people to quit smoking. I mean, it started in the schools with that innocent, you know, tug on a, on a shirt or pants or dress going, mom, you can't do that. Or dad, we need to do, you know, this is what I've learned. And they bring that information home in a whole different fashion. And this can be life-changing, especially when we're in a healthcare crisis, when we don't have as much staff as we need and maybe it will draw people back into healthcare, you know, teaching that empathy and that compassion. So again, you can go to their website, McKenzie meets Alzheimer's.com. 
They are on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and of course, you can always email them at Mackenzie Meets Alzheimer's at gmail.com. Just check the show notes for the hot links. And um, we appreciate all your likes, clicks, and shares. And we look forward to talking to you next time. Bye now. It's time to rethink, renew, and reimagine retirement. Hey, everybody, Jared Sebesta here, host of Retire Repurposed. Now, this podcast is about the non-financial parts of retirement, which many times can be even more challenging than the financial. We believe retirement is not the end, rather the beginning of what could be the most impactful, purposeful, and fulfilling season of a person's life. So don't retire, become repurposed. To listen now, search Retire Repurposed on your favorite podcast platform, Senior Resource, or Life Audio.